Adams. Just David Adams. And this is Kevin Durant. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> You're Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> Good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go to So, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Anna Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth. Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Anna Cantor. And you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Down to Dunk podcast. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. Uh, it's Friday, and apparently, Friday pods are not ever going to happen for real doomed. ever again. They're doomed. <laughs> they are doomed. Uh, it's just me and Taylor here. Luke is working. Jay is trying to get pa- trying to get back from Harry Potter land right now. Uh, and so it's just gonna be me and Taylor. Taylor, what's up? What's up, man? I'm cut. I'm. I should be at work right now. To be honest with you, like we, we should. The all, weather. Yeah, we should all be at work right now. <laughs> everyone should be at work. So in Oklahoma City, all week the weathermen have been saying like, "Hey, it's gonna be crazy ice. Like this ice is gonna start Thursday night. Nothing's gonna happen. The city's gonna be shut down. Schools were already closing yesterday at like noon." So no one was going into work today. Everyone's just stopped. And I wake up, and there's nothing. Nothing <laughs> there's has like happened. barely anything out there. So much hype for this storm, and it's it has not delivered yet. I guess there's still time for it to deliver, but it, it hasn't at all. Which is just – this is classic Oklahoma. This is great. Like, wet, like weather hype. Whenever, whenever it's hyped up like this, it never happens. And then if it's like, hey, this might happen, it's like blow out like <laughs> – <laughs> like not your your freaking car is a block of it's in a block of ice you have to chisel it out and your boss tells That's you that like, you have to come into work that day yes exactly <laughs> yeah. uh so we're sitting at home on a normal day not working uh to talk about the thunder with you guys the thunder are on a three-game win streak they beat denver 121 to 106 then they've just obliterated Chicago, 109-94. Uh, that score sounds a lot closer than the game was. And then they beat Memphis the other night on national television uh, in one of the few home games this month, 103-95. to uh, What's something that has stuck out to you over this last week, Taylor? Um, I, I just want to talk about that Memphis game. That I was there, and it was so fun. Maybe the most... It was the most fun game I can remember watching uh, for the past, I don't know, couple months. Yeah. Such a great game. Steven Adams' defense really stuck out to me oh, in that game, yeah. um, especially after a couple dinker performances like against the Rockets, which we talked about last week and yeah. stuff. But um, him stepping up and doing all these little things and really shutting down Marcus Gasol, who's having a career year offensively. And then that one play – where Mike Conley, it's just one-on-one with him and Mike Conley in transition. And he stops Mike Conley at the rim and makes him, you know, reset. And then he blocks a three-point shot, right, on that yeah. same play? Yeah. Blocks I, a three-pointer, <laughs> which leads to a Victor Oladipo three, like in a critical point in the game. That was the it's game. Incredible. That was the game. Yeah. I mean, if Mike Conley just goes up strong and at least gets fouled or he makes the layup, uh, the game is completely different at that point. Uh, but the Thunder, that's where the Thunder won the game. I mean, this could have gone down to the wire, and it really didn't. And 
that Steven Adams' defensive play was why. And also Russell's awareness, like on that fast break. Like he could have tried to force something in yeah. on that fast break, but hitting Vic on a wide open three was also it was just really good like awareness from the entire team. I thought the last couple of games, especially like in Chicago and then I mean, Russ didn't have a great game against Memphis, but just I'm I'm really more thinking about down the stretch of that game. Uh, that things were really just kind of flowing, and things mm-hmm. didn't feel so forced. There have been so many times this season where it just feels like the Thunder are forcing everything, and it hadn't felt it felt like that some during the Memphis game, but at least down the stretch, and then uh, during the entire Chicago game, it didn't feel like they were forcing everything. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember last week us talking. I think we had a TQ about can Russell Westbrook be a better passer in the clutch or, or something like, will he trust his teammates? That's what it was. Mm-hmm. And, and finally, like you see it, he, he was six of 19 from the field against Memphis. Um, and he had good stats across the board. His field goal percentage was terrible, but he was getting to the line. He was creating some opportunities and getting rebounds. But at the end of the game, instead of him forcing shots, he was really distributing. And we have a TQ later today that kind of talks about the end of that Memphis game. But you know, things that we were worried about with Russ that we were talking about last week, he really stepped up and showed some maturity and leadership and, and contributed to like such a good flow and, and played in a way that let the thunder, uh, gave the thunder opportunity to beat the Memphis Grizzlies who have been beating some really good teams this year. Yeah. We're at the point with Russ where he has bad triple doubles. (laughs) Like here's his stat line against Memphis, 24 points, Mm -hmm. A block, two steals, 12 assists, 13 rebounds, and he had a bad triple-double game. I mean, the bad yeah. part was his shooting, and that happens with Russ. Like, he was 0-7 from three, and that happens. And his the way that he's gotten to a career high in his three-point shooting is not that he's being consistent is that he has games where he absolutely blows up and then he has Mm -hmm. games where he just tanks. I mean, he lost almost two percentage points in his three point percentage, um, just in that Memphis game. Cause going into it, he was shooting 34%. (laughs) Now he's at 32.8. It's, I mean, that's just Russ. That's classic Russ is that he's his, and it would be great if his three point shot was consistent. It's not going to be, but you just kind of wish that when it's not falling, that he dial it back a little bit. But also, I mean, you just look – if you, you ask him to do stuff like that, but then you also look at Boston that night where he mm-hmm. basically sealed the game with those two threes on, at, from the same spot on the wing. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to ask him to do really anything you know different just because he, he's doing the same stuff. It's just different results. It's just make or miss. And I don't know. Keep shooting, Russ. I don't. I don't really mind it that much, too. If he's getting to the line at the same time, like if it was, yeah. if he's taking three pointers, you know, if he's taking eight threes in a game and he went to the line two times the whole game, then that's an issue, right? That means like he is settling way too much for three pointers and not attacking. But this game against Memphis, he was 0-7 from three, but he went to the line 15 times. Yeah. Like, so it's okay. It makes up for it. There's some kind of balance with him this year that makes the, the three-point misses um, bearable when he's missing and then, like, extra double bonus when he's making a bunch of them. So, so his free throws good. have been absolutely insane this year. He's shot a total of 421 uh, free throws <laughs> already. Uh, last season, he shot 573. He's going to pass that. Um, oh, yeah. He's been 
I mean, that's that's a huge part of the, of the Thunder's offense is just him getting to the free throw line and the fact that he can actually hit them. He's eighty one percent. He's a little bit above his career average, but he's been really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's buy somebody a coop. Who should we buy a coop for this week, Taylor? Uh, I'm Ennis Cantor. <laughs> this is Ennis Cantor. <laughs> this is Ennis Cantor. He's Stephen Adams. <laughs> And you're listening to the Down to Earth podcast. Cantor has uh, been unreal, man. He's been so good uh, against. Uh, so I think that he needs uh, a really strong coop because he, after he hit that, he hit so many like double teamed uh, shots that didn't look like they should be able to go in the other night against Memphis. Uh, when he flexed after that, that's why I think he should have a some kind of strong coop. Uh, so, mm. so what's what's the strongest coop, Taylor? Well, to go along to go along with that, he's been so cold blooded, just getting so many points. And when you're that cold blooded, you're not alive. You're dead at that point. That's right. When you're that cold blooded, you're dead. And when he's dead and playing this well, do not resuscitate him. Do not resuscitate. Let's him. give this man a DNR. Give this man a do DNR. Do not resuscitate him. He's resusc- dead. Leave him dead. He's killing everyone while he's dead. Do not resuscitate this man. Uh, he is. He's been incredible in a lot of different ways. Obviously, his scoring has been really good. His shot was like way off against Memphis, which was really kind of strange <laughs> to see. I think he was exhausted from uh, having to like bang in the post with those guys for the whole game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he 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 put up he's been putting up great numbers. He's been able to play more minutes lately. Let's see. So he played 29 minutes against Memphis, and that's a great team for him to match up against because they play basically two bigs the whole time, and they play Jermichael Green a lot, who's kind of a stretch four, but he's really not. <laughs> he's not that. Yeah, he just can't shoot that well. Uh, so they don't really seem to worry about him all that much. He played 27 against Chicago. Uh, Twenty-one against Denver. He didn't. He didn't have a great game against Denver. But the the past two games, he's basically been twenty and ten, uh, and he continues to dish out assists. He had three in the past two games, uh, which has really been impressive. So uh, he deserves a coup, maybe a couple DNRs. Uh, so yeah, go get yourself a coup on this Friday if uh, if you're not if it's not too icy and uh, enjoy. And let me tell you something. It's not too icy. There's literally zero ice. You're fine. Go on the roads. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't endorse that because I don't know what it looks like when someone listens <laughs> listen to that. I, I only know what my immediate like surroundings look like. <laughs> so that means outside of my house. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, outside my house. <laughs> let's go to our top five power rankings. Top five power rankings. So this comes from at Allen underscore Miller 12 top five power rankings rank the top five trade targets for the thunder. And then in parentheses, he says gay number one. Uh, Gay is not number one. Not for me. Gay's not even on my list. Wow. Gay's not even on your list. You got an anti-gay list, huh? All right. Let's (laughs) go with it. 
so uh, I've separated. number one for me. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Who is it? I I just really want Wilson Chandler, and I think Gallinari is kind of better. Gallinari is better offensively for sure, but Wilson Chandler I just see fitting on this team so well with Russ and Victor Oladipo, um, and then him as the other wing. Yeah. He's just a really good spot up shooter, and he's just. I don't know. Coming off the bench for the Nuggets, I think you've seen a lot with him. He comes in and brings a lot of energy and a lot of scoring, especially against us. What do you have? Nineteen at the half when we played the Nuggets. He always out kills of the nowhere. He always kills the yeah. Thunder. Yeah, he's trying out, man. I uh, so I've, sep- I've kind of separated. I have two groups of guys that I think the Thunder okay. could target. I'm also there's a guy on Reddit that made a post where he's. Basically saying, I don't know if the Thunder should even make a trade at this point. Mm. Um, and I think I kind of buy that a little bit because if I don't really think that selling off on Cameron Payne right now is the greatest idea because I think that he doesn't really have that much value right now. And then, like, I don't, I don't really think the Thunder should trade Cantor at this point. And then, like, there's just not a lot that you can get out there. And I'd rather the Thunder try to draft a wing. Uh, you know, in June or try to make a trade or just have these assets available whenever a guy like Jimmy Butler or a guy like Paul George might come on the market mm-hmm. rather than just trying to like plug a hole right now. Because I mean, what, what are the, what's the thunder ceiling if they do even get, let's say they get Gallinari and they don't have to yeah. give up all that much. Like what's the thunder ceiling? It's still second round, right? Oh, for sure. I don't, I don't think that pushes them past, anywhere that they could get right now with team as is yeah so there's three guys that i think that would fit into this kind of so fit into the mold of like this established role player that can come in and they're not going to cause a lot of trouble and they're not going to demand a ton of shots gallinari wilson chandler and Amri caspi and i think that all mm-hmm. three of those guys could probably be had at a certain price i really i don't know how to like break down like you know what it takes to get guys for from denver i think it starts with probably Payne and uh, Robertson, or Payne and Jeremy Grant, something like that. Yeah. That's probably a wing defender and Cameron Payne. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I want to give up those guys. I don't think I do either. There's, there's this identity that's formed with this Thunder team that, uh, I, when your team has a specific identity. You know, you look at the Grizzlies for like years and years and years, right? Grit and grind. And they didn't have the most talent on that team. But when you have a single direction and everyone's on board and like, this is your identity. This is how you're playing. If if other teams don't match up well against you, okay, hopefully it's hard for them to deal with. And it might be hard for you to deal with, but that's your bet. You know, that's your strongest style of play. So you just do it and you see a lot of success with teams like that. Um, I don't think the Thunder get past the second round, but I don't know. The team has an identity. Yeah. I, I just think that that's super important. And you're building value for with these young guys you have. You still have 10 guys under 25. I think you're just building You're building their value. You're giving them minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gallo, Chandler, Caspi, like I like those guys, and I think that they would mm-hmm. definitely help in the short term. But they're also taking minutes away from Abrinas. They're probably taking minutes away from Sabonis. Like, I don't even, like, if you get Gallo and you don't have to give up uh, Robertson, I think you just play Gallo at the four, and then you basically take all the minutes away from Joffrey and from Domas. And I don't really, I don't know. I don't really like that idea. I don't either. 
And and I'm not saying that Gal- that Ilyasova and Gallinari are the same player. They're not. Gallinari is better than Ilyasova. But there's a reason that we traded Ilyasova, even though he was playing well and has been playing well on the on the Sixers. And that's because we did want to create minutes for Domas, and then to have a guy like Jeremy, <laughs> <laughs> and then have a guy like Jeremy Grant come in to see like, all right, what can this guy do? Is he real? Is he actually good? Is he bad? I don't know. Let's take it. Let's take a chance on it. Like this is the year to do that and see what comes of it. And so there's a reason that the Thunder traded Ilyasova and wanted to create room and time for guys like that. Yeah. And if I were the Thunder, I would just, you're breathing a huge sigh of relief because the Thunder are going to be able to re-sign Russ because they're going to be able to offer him way more money than he could anywhere else. And if he does signal that he doesn't want to re-sign, then the Thunder have time to trade him. So I just don't mm. think that there's like a rush to like, oh my gosh, we have got to go get a shooter. We've got to go get this. Uh, there's that. That's not there anymore. And I, th- I think Russ knows that this team is not going to win the championship this year. And if they're not going to win the championship, then you have to take the long view. And when you have this many young guys, it's just hard. But there's a few, there's a few yeah. young guys that I think the Thunder should target <laughs> as a trade. Uh, I think Shabazz Muhammad would be really interesting. He's on a control oh, contract, and I don't think it would take. Interesting. That, I don't think it would take much to get him. Uh, he's he didn't really get many minutes from Minnesota. And he's a guy who's on a controllable contract that could probably play the three for the Thunder. He's not, he's not been like a great spot-up guy and hasn't been all that great in general. But he's a young guy that kind of fits a profile of, you know, controllable contract, younger guy, might be able to get him on the cheap. Uh, Dougie McBuckets is another guy that I think could be targeted, another guy who's on a rookie-scale deal, controllable contract. Uh, the Chicago Bulls are an absolute mess, and I wouldn't, I don't know. They, they would probably deal anybody at this point. They've been talking about dangling Jimmy Butler out there, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, really? Then, like, there's you, actually talks of them of them been, thinking about Jimmy. Yeah, there's been rumors that the that they've been taking calls on him when they have Rondo on their team. I don't think they're and I know do. like <laughs> I know Rondo doesn't have like huge trade value right now. I understand yeah, that, but it's like I don't know. Jimmy Butler's your best player. I think it, I think they're just, basically dangling him to the Celtics and saying, "Give us both Brooklyn picks for him, and we'll mm. do it." I think it's that kind of deal. Mm. I really think about that if I were the Celtics. I know that those two picks could wind up being like two stars, but they're not guaranteed to be. No, and how? And you have to wait forever, and you have Horford on your team right now. I mean, what if, I think what if I they do. what if they draft, you know, Michael Kidd Gilchrist and Anthony Bennett? <laughs> Right. <laughs> most, right. I mean, I don't think I. I mean, I would hope that something like that didn't happen to the Celtics. But you're just not guaranteed anything with those with those picks. And if you can get a superstar in Jimmy Butler and you can go compete right now, I don't know. I think about it. Yeah, and you have Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, Jimmy Butler, and Horford. That's like your main four right there. Mm-hmm. And then you have, and then I guess you can play Jay Crowder out there too. And you yeah. have good role players. What, why do you need those picks? Like this is what you've been collecting picks to do for a long time, isn't it? That's yeah. a contender. That's a contending team in the East. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, another guy, Stanley Johnson. I think that he has he hasn't been good for Detroit. And I think if you just say Stanley Johnson for Andre Robertson, I think that the Pistons really think about that. 
uh, just because you have an elite wing defender and maybe they would be willing to pay him. And then the Thunder get this young guy who has a ton of potential. And, I mean, it's definitely a gamble <clears throat> because I think that Robertson is what he is and what he is is an all-defensive type player. Uh, but Stanley Johnson, I don't know. I think he could he could possibly be more than that. There's also a chance that he's a lot less than that. Um, yeah. And then TJ Warren. I don't think that the Suns are going to deal TJ Warren, but if they get weird, I think the Thunder should jump in and get him. I don't know how much it would take to get him, but those are those are guys that are on controllable deals, and you know, a, a good way to get a younger guy in in there that can kind of grow with this core, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be also fine with getting Omri Caspi for like a second round pick or the second part of the protection on that first round pick in 2020. So where would you, how are we ranking these guys? Who's number one for you? I think Gallinari's number one for me. Okay. And then probably, he, uh, I don't know. I think the Gallo yeah. Chandler Caspi are like my top three and then all those younger guys of the younger guys i probably want stanley johnson the most just because like he physically kind of fits a profile that thunder like and might be a guy that they can develop yeah he's i think out of all those young guys he's the one that's kind of shown the most potential as a two-way player too or like even just a three and d guy and he's tough and Shabazz is tough too, but he's—I don't know. He's I don't know. I have a weird a feeling. Yeah, he he needs the ball in his hands a lot. He's—I mean—he's very Dion Waiters esque as a player. Yeah. yeah. And I love Dion. Like, don't get me wrong. Hey. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't. I don't love. I don't love that deal for OKC. Mm-hmm. So I don't either. So I'm cool with that power ranking. Uh, let's go to some TQs. Twitter questions. TQs. All right. The first TQ is going to be from at Tim Kurtz. And he says, OKC's final four field goals against Memphis. A canter put back off of Vicky Adams pick and roll. Vicky transition three and two Grant dunks. Is that crunch time balance a sign of things to come? Uh, I don't know. I think that it could be. I, I really... I really enjoyed that sequence. I think that it really gave a lot of balance um, for their offense, and it—I mean, Memphis couldn't stop it. But I think that I don't think that like the rust tunnel vision has like gone away. <laughs> I think that we're going to see that again. Uh, but I think that it is good for Russ to like recognize you know Vic out there on the wing, and also when the Thunder are playing fast like that, they're getting turnovers. You know that was off a block shot. I think that things flow way better. But when things like are like completely slow down, the offense comes to a complete halt, and the Thunder aren't playing with pace, then I think that's when you get these Russ threes because like he knows he can for sure get that shot off. And a lot of teams do this. They Basically, their offense is completely dead, and then you just ISO because you know you can for sure get that shot off, and you're not going to turn it over, you know, create a possession for the other team. And I think that's why some of that some of that is. But you'd also like run a pick with Adams, like run a pick with Cantor. Like, what's like why I don't think that that's going to create a turnover for the other team. So I hope it's a sign of things to come. I would not expect it. Yeah, and you kind of you tend to see this more when Russ is shooting, especially this year. If Russ is shooting badly in the game, he's a little more willing to pass. 
Uh, he's just matured a little bit in that area, mm-hmm. but yeah, if he's hot from three or if he's hot from the field or shooting, you know, 40% from the field, you see a little bit more tunnel vision from him. Yeah. Definitely. I loved the final four field goals from that. All right. Next TQ at Nat three thousand and four. What team would you like OKC to face in the first round? Personally, I'm hoping for the Rockets, but who would be your choice? I kind of like the way that the Thunder match up with the Spurs. Mm. I think that they're still, I mean, they're obviously still super athletic. Uh, you basically, they have to put Kawhi on Russ, which I, I don't know. I, I just don't think there's anybody that can really stop Russell Westbrook. And I think that really tires out Kawhi. Uh, the Thunder Bigs are just better than Lamarcus and Pau Gasol at this point in their careers. I think the Adams is a really, really big problem for them. I think Cantor is a better rebounder than both those guys and can give them trouble. You can play. I think another thing is that you can play both those guys together a lot, which is always very favorable for the Thunder. Also, like there's just so much. I, I don't know so much like emotional stuff like playing Harden in the first round and like the Rockets are probably going to mm-hmm. beat the Thunder in the first round and like that doesn't feel good obviously you don't want to <laughs> the Warriors um, the Clippers are just like very annoying to play <laughs> I get yeah it's still kind of hurt a little bit to lose to the Clippers in the first round because and I think they would lose to probably all these teams but losing to the Spurs like Everybody has like a, re- a level of respect for the Spurs, and so like that's the that's the series that I think that I could stomach the most, like them losing. It to hurts me. the least. It yeah. hurts the least. And I think that they, I think that they just lose to all these teams um, as constructed. But I do think that they have a, I think they have a puncher's chance against the Rockets, Spurs, and Clippers. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I'd put them at like twenty-five to thirty percent chance of winning that any of those series. Yeah, um, and if they played, if somehow Utah and Oklahoma City got into the first round and Utah won, you'd actually be really happy. So that's probably your your number one <laughs> choice. I don't know that I would be happy. I yeah, because either way that series goes, you're so you're ecstatic. You're so happy. <laughs> I think okay. I think the Jazz are good. I don't like the Jazz. <laughs> you love the jazz dude the jazz you are good. Love the jazz. Oh, I, love I saw you wearing a jazz jersey the other day a gordon man hayward yeah jersey. <laughs> you know i used to have a sacramento kings t-shirt that i would wear on the reg before the thunder were here really? who what was it uh, was I it just, a jersey no it was just like a it just said kings it just had the kings logo on it i just i think i found it at like ross or something one time i was like I, I don't know. I like wearing stuff that has Kings on it. I don't I don't yeah. really like the Kings. But. Yeah, you were a Lakers fan before. The I was, which is kind of weird for me to wear a Kings shirt. Yeah. Uh, maybe I was doing wow. it ironically. Uh, it's not as weird as how much you love Utah, but whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> um, next TQ, at Ben Vance. Pick your poison. Durant wins MVP in the Thunder Play Rockets in the first round, or... Harden wins MVP and Thunder play Golden State. Spooky. Both Uh-oh. are very spooky. I guess I take number one. I just really don't. 
like I cannot take four or five games of like Draymond Green flexing and Durant just destroying the Thunder and Curry smiling and skipping around. Like I just can't, I can't take that. Like I'd rather see. I mean, Durant's very good. It's it's like not disputed that he's like the second best player in the world. And if they have the best record, like I can rationalize that to myself, and I don't have to like be that upset about him doing it. Uh, because he is that good, and then playing the Rockets, like I think the Rockets series would actually be pretty. It would be pretty fun uh, if I have to, if that has to happen. But Harden winning the MVP, and I think he has a really good shot. But that kind of hurts. Uh, the Thunder dealt an MVP away willingly, and then uh, playing Golden State at the same time, like like that's just that's too much. Yeah, I have this. I have this theory in my head. Okay, I'm going to take number one. Yeah. Let's say Durant wins MVP. You're right. It's it's whatever. He's super good. Yeah, he can he's an MVP candidate. But he wins MVP. Steph and Golden State start to get a little weirder and weirder because Durant's getting a lot more attention. Yeah. Durant's starting to get a lot more credit. Maybe this whole thing comes crashing down after this season. That would be great. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? It would be. Uh the I mean the the Warriors have been kind of weird in spots. Like the crunch time issues are weird. Draymond Green yelling at Durant during the game like he did. Kind of weird. Probably I don't know if that's like the best time to like try to hash that out. Uh where is Steve Kerr? Yeah. Like what is Steve Kerr doing while that's all that's happening? I think he's kind of sitting back and I don't I don't know. I think it's a I think it's a weird situation. I think they're going to get it figured out. Like I'm not saying that they're going to like implode. But I don't know. And maybe, I don't know, if I were Durant or anybody else, I'd kind of be sick of Draymond Green's antics, even though that he's probably, he, I know he's he's right on that situation for sure. Uh, but Durant's the same old Durant. A lot of people blame, like, oh, same old OKC ball there. Is that Oklahoma City ball or is that Kevin Durant? Because I don't yeah. think that, like, I don't think that Billy Donovan drew up plays where he said, all right, Kevin, I want you to go stand on the wing, reach your arm out, and wait. That's uh-huh. what That's the play. Is reach your arm out and wait. I think that was Durant trying to get the ball and doing it in the way that he knew how to get it. Well, just like in that Golden State game at the end against Memphis, Steph had the ball. Like Steph could have kept the ball. He wasn't in trouble. And Durant went up there and like, you know, kept telling him to give him the ball. And Steph reluctantly passed that ball. Like he was he, he was noticeably annoyed that he was giving the ball up to Durant. Yeah. Right and, and then Draymond lost his mind, and that's—I mean—that's Kevin Durant. And yeah, I, I don't know. I hate that it's all blamed on Oklahoma City, and and maybe the thing is that Oklahoma City should have not allowed him to do that. I think there was a lot of like allowing Durant to do whatever he wants, kind of stuff going on in Oklahoma City, which made sense. I mean, you want the guy to feel like he has ownership over everything that's happening, but in hindsight, uh, I don't think that's what Billy Donovan wanted. Uh, but they weren't going to speak up. And maybe maybe that's a part of the problem yeah. with Oklahoma City is that they just don't speak up and say that this is not what we need to be doing. And that's what Draymond did on the court. And maybe that'll make them better in the long run. I think it probably will. But at the same time, you just kind of wonder about what that relationship really looks like. Yeah, like I, I just can't see them like hanging out playing video games with each other anymore. You know, like I think when you start to really like work with someone and that kind of becomes what your relationship is, you're not really like close friends anymore. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think you do that anymore. Uh, at least in my head, I think uh, they all hate each other. So that's good. <laughs> I think Steph hates Durant in my head. Like he secretly goes home and complains to his wife about like, yeah, Kev, you know, Kev took my possession again, man. I'm getting tired of this. This is my team. You can't just come in here. That's the, those are like scenarios I imagine. I wonder if that does. I mean, he's he said all the right things up to this point, but I wonder if that does wear on him. On some I'm level. sure it does. He got you can't help it. Like n- no matter how humble Steph is, he was the man. You know, for the past three years, he was the man, and now you have KD coming in and who's and he's kind of like forcing himself to be the man on your team. It's probably annoying. Not only was he the man, he was like the <clears throat> people were saying that he might have been the best player ever. No one can do it. He does. Yeah, and. I think some of that, some of his skill has declined, but also you wonder like what, I don't know. His psyche has, has got to be taking a hit at some level. And I don't know. It's really interesting. Let's stop talking about the Warriors. Okay. Next Twitter (laughs) question from at the 97 gunner. Does it just look like Canner is taking three steps all the time or does he actually do it? I think he's doing it. I've seen the same thing, and he's doing it. He's just not getting called for a travel. He's doing it. And the reasoning I've seen on Twitter is like, well, you get a step on the catch, and then you get two steps if you don't put the ball down. Hey, if they're not calling it, that's fine with me. It does look like a travel, <laughs> like in in real time. Um, yeah. But, yeah, if that's if that's the way it is, then great. But it does look like he's – getting three steps every time and this is more when he's like like sprinting down the court in transition and russ gives him the ball like on you know when he's just streaking to the basket yeah that's when he does it yes um okay so yeah he's doing it but whatever he's scoring all right (laughs) everyone travels in the nba it's what all of our dads freaking complain about all the time (laughs) all right next twitter question at ethan michael uh, at Ethan underscore Michael, excuse me, Ethan, uh, who would be better Westbrook on the Rockets or Harden on the Thunder? So I think that the question, I think this is easily answered in that whoever is on the Rockets, that's better, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like the way that the, the Rockets are constructed for both these players just makes way more sense. The Thunder are still trying to figure out what they want to do with this roster. I think like in three years, uh, that like, you know, Adams, Oladipo, Sabonis, and Abrinas moving into like their primes or pre-primes. I think the Thunder are probably better. But today, I mean, the Rockets just have a better squad. I mean, they have more veterans that are ready to contribute. Uh, they got better shooting, all the space. I mean, imagine Russ in the space that Harden has. I mean, he would be an absolute monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you put Harden in OKC, and he's not. I don't know. Like, I think he's a, he's a great passer, and his, he'll he has gravity. But I think Russ has the same gravity he does, and he's just not as fast, and he's not the rebounder. And a part of what really makes OKC go whenever they're good is whenever Russ is rebounding on the defensive end and then pushing in transition. And that's yeah. not Harden's game. Harden is very deliberate with everything he does. It's very, I don't know. It's just it's just not the same. It's not like this like fast like shove it down your throat kind of thing it's it's more like he's just he's just very crafty and i don't know that mm-hmm. i think the thunder are probably worse and the rockets are probably just about as good as they are today yeah i think so too and 
and we have to remember the Rockets now have had so long to build a team around James Harden and like Dwight's gone. So there's no issue with who's a better player who needs all, you know, the ball the most or whatever. Like this is Harden's team. A hundred percent Westbrook. This Thunder team is like 75% a Westbrook team. You know, this team is not constructed for Westbrook to be the best player on the team. Mm-hmm. And so if the Thunder was constructed around Westbrook as much as the Rockets were constructed around Harden. I think the Thunder would actually be better because I think Westbrook is better than Harden. Yeah, I think that's just, it's a tough it's a tough one. I think yeah. that it's very very close between the two, and I just think yeah, you put Harden on the Rockets that the Rockets are are better, and yeah. the, the Thunder just aren't ready to compete today. The Rockets are equipped and ready to compete today. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, in three years, the Rockets may not look that good. I think James Harden will still be amazing, but like, what a Eric, Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson, like, where do their careers go? Like, Nene is not going to, you know, he may not be playing in three years. Uh, they don't have it. It doesn't of, matter, dude. Montrezl <laughs> Harrell's scoring 30 a night. Ariza, like, Ariza's, what is he, like, 32, 33? I mean, there's just, they're just ready to compete today. And that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but the Thunder really just aren't. And in three years, the Thunder. Will be a lot better than they are today, so it's just it's an interesting conversation. But I just think that it all go, comes down to that the Rockets are ready to play today. Hmm, intriguing. Hmm. Next TQ at Thunder underscore Fan two thousand. Should Jeremy Grant enter the slam dunk contest duel? Oh yeah, I don't think he, I don't I don't, know, I don't know that he can win, but I think that yeah, for sure. Like put him in. He's he can jump out of the gym, and I'd like to see what he can do creative with his creativity. Mm. Uh, so, I don't know. Yeah. And he's a little bit of a bigger body. We're kind of used to seeing these wings, and they're super fun. Like, the wings that can dunk really high and really athletically are really fun. But it's cool to have, you know, a bigger body in there, too, that's super um, athletic. And he's got a great bod. We've talked about his body. It's just quintessential male specimen. He's got a bod. Uh, yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. got a bod. Put him in the dunk contest. <laughs> Next TQ at Fergie Fred twenty four. Has dumbass hit the rookie wall? So I th- I think that you could say that he maybe he's hit the rookie wall, but I think that there's a lot of other things going into it. Like his minutes are down right now. He's down to nineteen minutes a game in January. He was at twenty three in November and then in twenty in December. His usage rate is down. He was 15.4 usage rate in December. He's down to 11.5 in January. Uh, I think that he doesn't get a ton of opportunities, and right now he's kind of make or miss. So, like, against Denver, he was really, really good in the opportunities he got. And he he basically only gets opportunities to have the ball in the first quarter. And he was really good against Denver, and they were primarily using him in the post. I think that they're trying to develop his post game a little bit more, so they put him in the post. And that's changed his game. He's had a lot more free throws. He's had more free throws just in January than in the rest of the year combined. He's had eight in January. He had seven the rest. And I think they're just that trying is to, crazy. Yeah. And they're trying to develop his game right now. And I don't know that he's hit the wall. Uh, just because I think he, at this point he's make or miss, and mm-hmm. he's missed a lot more this month. Uh, but I mean, he could have a game tonight against the T Wolves, and it's just is the ball going in? Uh, he's not com- from from what I hear uh, from a friend that has a source with Delmas that he's not complaining at all 
um, about like touches or anything like that. Uh, that he's <clears throat> he's there to do what what the Thunder ask him to do, and I think that right now he's just developing his game more. So I don't know that he's at the I, wall. I think you're right. I think he's consciously trying some other parts of his game out, uh, especially the last week or two. So the last six um, games, he shot three. Uh, he shot six threes in the last six games. Mm-hmm. The six before that, he took 19 three pointers. So that it takes a conscious effort to do that to drop it that much you know and he's actually he hasn't played that many less minutes um in those 12 games i just mentioned so um i I think too his minutes are down because Cantor's so like so much better than he was at the start of the season or last season yep you know that you just why do you want domas on the on the floor as much as he is when Cantor's playing so well and can play against teams that you didn't think Cantor could play against so yes it's fine He's yeah. good. Whatever. I think you're exactly right about Cantor. Cantor is a huge factor in his minutes played, and I don't think that they're taking minutes from Sabonis because they don't think that he's capable or whatever. I think it's just that they're, they're guys that are better right now on this team. He's 20 years old. He's adjusting to the NBA schedule, and he may have hit a wall. It's hard for me to say that just whenever the there's just a ton of other factors going on around him uh, for me to just say that it's for sure the rookie wall. Mm-hmm. Okay, next TQ from at DPuzzle23. Abrinas has shown he could shoot like crazy. Any chance he gets more time with Russ to open up the lane more? Well, he's been getting more opportunities as the year's gone along. In January, he's averaging almost 18 minutes a game. He started the season at 13.3, and he's been shooting, you're right, he's been shooting lights out. So in November, the month of November, he was 43 for 11. That's 25% from three. He was not shooting the ball well. And that's whenever Anthony Morrow came in and kind of took some of his minutes. And then in December, he started to get a little bit more minutes uh, toward the end of December. He shot 41% from three. Uh, he was 22 of 53. And then in the month of January, he's been really good. 18 of 19 from three. It's 42%. I think he's starting to show a little bit of who he is as a player. Uh, he shot the ball extremely well, and I, I think that that's who he is. He's a lights-out shooter. He's super smart. He's not just like Anthony Morrow uh, shooter. Like he can he can move a lot better. He can uh, you know run off screens and catch and shoot. He can even shoot off the dribble a little bit. So he's been great. I want to see more minutes from him. I think that he's a part of this like quote unquote core. I don't know that he's like a core piece, but I think he's a guy that they want to develop along with Russ. And I think that eventually he could be a starting type player for OKC. Uh, I don't know exactly what that means. Like, does Vic leave or whatever? Do they deal Vic for like a three or something like that? But I do think that he's going to be passable on defense eventually once he puts on some muscle, and then. You know, can shoot lights out. Uh, I think that he ha- he has been playing more, and I think that that you know around twenty eighteen to twenty minutes a game is probably where he peaks. But uh, that's great for a rookie shooting guard. Yeah, he's just so much more athletic than Anthony Morrow. Like he only has what three blocks on the season, but they're amazing blocks. They're like he's <laughs> jumping super high, and they're so exciting and so like. They catch you off guard, you know. Yeah. He's he's a much better athlete than you see in him because he's just shooting threes a lot. But uh, I freaking I freaking love him. I he's think good. you're right. He needs to play like 20 minutes a game. Yeah, 
He's been he's great. I love him. And that's that's another reason. Like, do you want to do you want to trade? Make a trade because uh, you're going to limit his minutes. You're going to limit Grant's minutes. You're going to limit Sabonis's minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd rather just kind of ride it out. Like, get these guys some playoff experience, and then go into the summer and like be super aggressive during the summertime. Like, go, yeah. you know, try to trade up in the draft. Try to get a player at the draft. Try to, you know, I think that Presti should be and will be really aggressive. Uh, come the draft, kind of like he was this past year, uh, and I think that he should do that. But I just, I'd rather see these guys get more minutes and more, you know, more time in front of other GMs. Um, you know, maybe the Thunder push a team to six with the same roster, and you know, like Alex Abrines looks great or Domas looks great, and then you know, maybe the the Bulls see both those guys like, man, like you know, like Jimmy Butler's very unhappy. You know, the Bulls missed the playoffs. Everything was really bad. You know, I, I like both those guys. We like Ennis Cantor. You know, let's do that deal. You know, rather than like trying yeah. to like force like those guys into like a Gallinari deal right now. That you know, you know, I, I like Gallinari, but I don't know that I don't I don't love him. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Next TQ also from D puzzle 23. He must've been on a roll. He must've been on like a TQ rhythm that's out of this world. Cause he's on here again. You and ham touched on this last pod, but is cancer even worth trading now? He seems to be so huge off the bench with passes. Yeah. I think now that he's got three like definable NBA skills and his scoring his rebounding and passing, uh, I don't, I don't think the Thunder can trade him. First of all, I don't think they can get proper value back. Uh, second of all, I think that he's very helpful to this team. Uh, so in November, he was playing the least minutes uh, of of this season. He was at 18.9 minutes per game, and he was at a minus one. So he, he had a really slow start. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since then, uh, in December, he was 22 minutes per game, and he was a plus 2.9 when he's on the court. And then... He's at almost 24 minutes a game in January and is a plus 3.4 when he's on the court. So he's obviously contributing uh, something positive to the team. The team is, you know, winning whenever he's in the game. And now that he's kind of opened up the offense a little bit for everybody else, I say I say keep him unless unless it's like for Jimmy Butler, Paul George, uh, even Gallinari. I think I would do it. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just don't think he's worth trading unless it's one of those guys. I don't, I don't think you yeah. just trade him just to trade him. Yeah, he's he's become such a huge part of this offense against the against the Grizzlies. He took eighteen shots. Like if Kanner wasn't on this team, who do you want those eighteen shots dispersed out like upon? Especially from the bench, right? You know what I mean? He's just. You're right. I thought that was a really good point on the ham pod too. And I hadn't thought of that, but like teams aren't going to value him as uh, as much as this team specifically values him, and what he provides for this team is just it's it's awesome. Great point, you did a great job, Andrew. Wow. (laughs) So like the trade that like Alex Spears and I discussed is like him for Alan Crab. Ugh. You know, I mean, Crab is not going to take eighteen shots a game. He's a guy that's I think he's a off the bench kind of player. And and then like he takes Abrinas's minutes. He's he take. I mean I don't know. I just don't love like something like that is just. Cantor brings way more than what Crab brings right now. And I know the Thunder I, need, I, need I, another I, wing, but I just don't think that you just trade him for any wing. So I yeah. 
is is I know I know that Crab is good, but is he like that good? Like, is he his contract good? No, he's a, no. I don't I don't think. I mean, he may be. You know, in the next couple of years, he plays up to the level of his contract. But right now, it looks like a bad deal. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, do you have a uh, do you have a game for us? For I do. It's say a, what? Say yeah. what? Stat of the week game again. Hey what? Say what? Say what? Say what? Say what? 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 I can't read lips, Jay. Say what? Stat of the week. So, I basically was looking at like the totals for the Thunder, and you know, Russ is high in the totals for almost everything. But I thought it'd be interesting to, for you to see if you can guess. Who are the top five players in these total categories? So, like total, I, we'll do the first one. Total blocks. Name the top five guys in total blocks for right the Thunder. Now, for the Thunder. So, Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant's number two at forty-one. Okay. Is Steve? Steve is in there. Steve is number one, forty-three. Okay, Robertson. Robertson's number three at thirty-nine. Okay. Um, Ennis is he in top five? He is. He's number four, twenty nine. Wow, yeah, pretty good. Okay, and number five is it? Is it Vic? Nope. Um, I'm trying to think. Is it a guy off the bench? He's not off the bench. So it's Russ. It is not Russ. Sabonis. It's Domas. He's had nineteen blocks this season. That's weird. Yeah, it's not like a lot I don't of blocks. Think I can but it's recall, fine. No, but I don't think I can recall one in my. <laughs> you know, like it's not like he's <laughs> blocking them like out of the. I don't know. Yeah, uh, that was cool. That was yeah. a fun game. Are it's we doing a, more? Oh yeah, we, I've got three more categories. Uh, total steals. Sweet. Okay, Russ. Russ is number one at fifty-seven, which is kind of crazy. Wow, that is crazy. Robertson. Robertson's number three, 44. Um, I think Steve's in that. Steve is number two. He has 49 steals on the season. Wow, that's really cool. That is really uh, cool. Victor Oladipo. He's fourth at 29, which is really disappointing. Like, he's got to be – He's that was one of his definable skills um, that you could say when, when the Thunder traded for him. He's got to be better in that category. He's also missed time, which is understandable, but – he needs to not that much time. Step it up. Yeah, um, and then let me think. Uh, can't. No. Okay. Just trying to think, who even plays enough to be in this? It's not Sabonis again, is it? Sabonis. What? <laughs> He's had twenty-two steals on the season. Really? <laughs> yeah. All all of those have to be like. Oh, bad pass. The bonus is in the lane. He accidentally touched it. He's got it. good hands, man. He's got good hands. All right. I know. I know. He's good. Okay. This one is hilarious. Okay. Total assists on the season. The numbers are so funny. <laughs> because Russ is just so much, so far removed from everyone else. Huh? Yes. It is hilarious. Okay, Russ. Russ is number so one. Have- he has 400. Okay. He has 419 assists on the season. Okay, number two is going to be definitely below 70. No, definitely below 100. Am yes. I right? Below 100, yes. Is it Steve? Mm, Steve is. No, it's Oladipo. Oladipo's number three. He's at 86. Huh. 
And then Steve, is it Robertson? No, no, Steve's Steve is five. He's got forty five assists. Robertson's not on the top, Steve. not in the top five. Is Sabonis in this again? Sabonis is number four. He's got forty eight assists. He has more assists than Adams does, which I thought was really interesting. He's got way more assists than Cantor. Uh, even though he's only playing like 20 minutes a game, he's had more assists than Adams. He's dude is a good passer. He's just such a smart guy. Yeah. Number uh, two. Something uh, number two. So we've got uh, Russ with 419, Vic with 86, Domas with 48, and Adams with 45. Who's number two? Who am I missing? It's not Samaj. It's Samaj. He's got 90 no assists on the season. Yeah, believe it. Oh. Uh, God, I've already forgotten that he like played on this team and he played four games ago. <laughs> I know he's with the, he's with the blue. There's Thunder News, Thunder News segment for the Down and Dunk podcast. Samaj is at the blue. Oh wow! Uh, uh, Thunder that's News no is over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, three pointers made. This is the last category. Three pointers made on the season. Okay, Russ. Russ is Victor Oladipo. Russ and Vic are number one, number two. Russ is eighty-one made threes. Vic has sixty-nine. Six and nine. Um, uh, Abrinas, is he in top five? He's number three at 42. Oof. Okay. Is, is, uh, dang it. Is Robertson in this? He is. He's number five. He's got 32 made threes. Jeez. And so someone has more than that? Who am I missing? It's not Jeremy Grant. It is not Jeremy Grant, no. Mm, just tell me. Who is it? It's the guy that you've been missing, missing the whole time. It's Domas. It's a bonus. <laughs> 33. He did make it. Yeah, he made a lot of threes. Yeah, he did. He 30, has made 33 made threes. Uh, that's the game. That was actually a fun game. It's a great game. All right. Hey, are you muffed and are you peeing? Miffed. 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 Miffed and peeved. <laughs> so miffed. Uh, I'm Okay, so... This is a kind of a weird one, and I know I hate dreams or talking about dreams, but I had a miffed and peeped dream last night. Like literally, you the dream do. the dream I was about. Yeah, I hate dreams. I hate talking about them. But this dream was me coming up with a miffed and peeved in my dream. So I had a dream that I was. This is so weird. So just be ready. Like this is weird. I was I had a dream that I was shaving. <laughs> Great, great dreams, right? That I was shaving, and I was shaving the back of my neck, and that I had cut, like, a significant portion of my hair off. And then, like, I immediately went to, a, like, a party like, after I had done this. And I was like, well, at least I have a miffed and peeved for the podcast. Like, that's what I thought in my dream. So Wow, that, that's kind of sad. That's, it, mean, is, it is sad. It's cool that you're thinking about like the podcast that much, though. My dreams are just like me living normal life. Like, <laughs> maybe that's why I hate my dreams so much. Yeah, no wonder you hate dreams. Also, you're like so jealous of everyone else's badass dreams. Okay, so I have something about that dream. I cut my hair myself for like five years, and now I'm dating a hairstylist, so I don't cut my hair anymore. You like buzz, but, like a buzz your head or what? Like, no, I would use like I would use like the guards and stuff, you know, and do like a longer one on top and do it on the sides. Okay, but that okay. also means I'm cleaning up the back of my head on my own yeah. and not like with two mirrors. I'm using like fingers and feel. It's all <laughs> it's all it's all fingers and feel, baby. And uh, I was we were going on a trip one time and I heard like, you know, the camera sound that the phone makes. So like kick, kick. 
Yeah. And I turned around and it was my brother and he was like crying, laughing. And I was like, what the heck? I had cut my hair the day before because I knew we were going on a trip and I did exactly what you dreamed about. And it was like a diagonal. It looked like a wave on the back of my head, like, like a illustration of like, or like the silhouette of a wave. It like went up diagonally like at a pretty steep angle and it was a good i don't know it was a good like three four inches long i mean it was significant (laughs) and it looked really bad uh and so at least you had a dream about it i had that and then was on a trip and then when your hair's short you just got to grow it out you know like there's nothing to do it's real life oh my gosh that is awesome yeah uh i'm also just generally miffed about people hating on an escanter like mm. that, that should stop right now because he's been, it's the best he's been in his entire career. He's been very helpful to this team. The Thunder don't win probably against Memphis without him. Uh, they can probably still beat Chicago without him, but they, like, he's been really helpful to this team. And I know he's still not great at defense, but everybody knows that. And the Thunder know that too. And they have, you know, they play him as next to Steve as much as they can. They play him with Grant as much as they can. Uh, I don't love the Joffrey lineups, but. Uh, I don't think that that's Kaner's fault. I think he's been very helpful. So don't hate him. Mm-hmm. Miffed. Totally miffed. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. You can find us on Twitter at DC Podcast. Leave us a five-star iTunes review. If you have the time, if you listen every week and you haven't done that, that would be really great for us. Uh, have a great Friday. Have a great weekend. Get yourself a coop. And uh, Thunder play Minnesota tonight. The Thunder have killed Minnesota. Hopefully they do that tonight. Oh, my God.